0: Now, to bring the sermon for our Christmas celebration service and to continue our series, The Light Has Come, is our lead pastor, Roland Gray. Good morning to you. Everybody doing well? Smile at me nice and big. I got these lights in my face, but I can feel the radiance of your smile. We're in Vegas. I'm about to do a magic trick. Thank you, there you go. You must think I'm really tall, huh? (laughs) Everybody say God bless you, Al J. All right, well, Merry Christmas. I want to say thank you for bearing with us. I know this is a little bit strange to have our main Christmas service on the 18th, but just as a reminder, um, the school has given their workers Christmas Day off, which is Sunday, which is when we would normally meet, And because there are no workers. We will not be meeting the, this Sunday, uh, the Sunday of Christmas Day, and then also the New Year's after that, the same thing, falls on a weekend, and we don't have workers as well, so we'll have another Friday evening service uh, for those, so please mark your calendars, don't uh, lose sight of that, um, and we would love to see you there as well, please invite somebody, they're going to be kind of abbreviated services, but you know what, we want to give God glory anyway, amen, because he deserves it, so I want to start off with a story. Um, shortly after me and my wife got married, uh, we were living in Guam at the time, I have some of my Guam friends here, <laughs> and so uh, we got married and um, we scrounged up all of our gift money, got plane tickets to come here to the mainland to see some friends and family, so we visited my sister uh, in Texas, um, after, this was kind of after our, our honeymoon, and so um, my sister wanted to take us around, we, we go around central Texas, we've stopped at this this town called Lampasas. And, uh, and there's this kind of this main street, and we thought it was kind of cool. They had kind of old historic buildings, so we wanted to take some pictures, and they had the, the stores that you go into. We go in, and they had this art studio by an artist named Thomas Kincaid. Now, you may not be familiar with the artist, or maybe, may or may not be familiar with the name, but I can guarantee you, You're probably familiar with the artwork. So can we put that first painting up? If we have it. Do we have it? Okay, we don't have it. Okay. Um, I've been having computer problems, guys. It caused me to be late this morning. And so I think it might be on my end, guys, why it didn't go through. Anyway, Thomas Kincaid, if you have... Seen his paintings. It let me describe it, and it might it might ring a bell. Um, He is one of the artists who paint these paintings that look kind of like cottages, like from The Lord of the Rings or something like that. How many know what I'm talking about? You're kind of familiar, right? And there's always an emphasis on some kind of light, either in the background, like a sunset, or um, he'll even paint the windows to become like. Yellow or orange, and so he has such an ability to paint using a focus of light that he actually has the He had the nickname of the painter of light. And so Thomas Kincaid, um, he passed away, I think, about ten years ago, uh, which I'm hoping uh, will raise the value. Now I know this sounds kind of carnal and bad, but at the same time, I'm just saying. You know, when an artist or athlete or somebody passes away, the collectibles go up. And so we were in the studio, and one of the sales per- uh, people come by. We're just observing these beautiful paintings, and then the, st- the salesperson says, "Watch this." So, he brings us over to this one painting, and you know the art lights that go over the painting that hang off from the wall. She begins to brighten it and somehow the light source in the painting gets brighter. It's not anything that is built into the painting. It's just the way that the artist has trained himself to take advantage of that special effect I guess so to speak. And so I thought that was super cool and The saleswoman knew that we were going to walk out with a painting. I mean, we were hooked. We were mesmerized. But, you know, hobbits aren't my thing. Cottages aren't my thing. It's not my style. And so we began to walk around the studio. And we came across a painting called The Courageous Voyage. And it's kind of a a galleon. It's in a, you know, um, in the ocean. And you know me. I said, you know what? This is a cool painting. This is more like it. You know, can you do that light thing again? And she said, yes, of course. And so she did that. And I was like, you know what, wrap it up. It already came with a frame. And so that was kind of a, a wedding gift to ourselves. But something that the artist did in the, in the, in the power of his artistry and the power of his, the, the way he masterfully did that, the light wasn't something that was just to make the painting look good. The light kind of drew you in a little bit further and a little bit deeper. And so as we look at these paintings, what really got us to buy it was being times when we talk about Jesus being the light of the world. The end product is not that the light shines bright. The end product is that the light brings you in to discover more. The light draws you in so that he can reveal more. And that's kind of the route that I want to take as we go into this message. Now, you can turn with me to the book of John. Excuse me, I kind of lost my voice in worship. Um, The book of John, we're in the first chapter. John, unlike the other gospels, was written in such a way that didn't describe Christmas as we know it. When you read Matthew and Mark, you hear about the donkey, you hear about the, well, maybe not donkey, but you hear about the animals, you hear about the star, you hear about the wise men. It's the typical Christmas. John didn't take that approach. In the same way that Thomas Kincaid is a master at painting light, The Apostle John was a master at writing, and so he had an ability to take the Scriptures and make it so simplistic on the surface that you could take it to the Sunday school and teach kids with it. And they would remember it, and they'd walk away. And yet it was so deep at the same time that philosophers and teachers can chomp on it for months. That's the way John's artistic expression in writing came about. But I'm not a scientist, but let me get a little bit scientific on you. Um, light, as we know it, is a powerful medium. It's also both powerful and simplistic at the same time. It's something that we come across so much in everyday life that we tend to take it, uh, take, take it for granted. You know, so we wake up and we see light, but what we don't realize is that it goes 186,000 miles per hour, which means you can circumnavigate the earth, in one second, you can do it seven and a half times. If you can harm, harness the power and the speed of light, if you, can, if you can harness the power and concentrate it, we get lasers that are so powerful, it can cut through gigantic pieces of metal like butter. And at the same time, it's so practical and simplistic that the way that we see is that light enters our eyes and illuminates everything so that we see it properly. And in the same way, Jesus, the light, does that for us. As as he enters our life, it gives us the ability to see things the way that they're supposed to be. And you know, there's a lot of things that move around nowadays, as far as opinions, as far as what people think and and believe. And so we, we see these other sources of light, that we're attracted to, that look great, and that we don't. How many love to drive down your street and and see the Christmas lights? We love that stuff. The other day, uh, my uh, family, we were in our car, and we said, you know, we have a small neighborhood. There's about five streets after you come to the gate. And we was like, let's just go see whose street is better, right? And so we went to the first street. We're like, eh, we went to the second street, and we're like, dang. <laughs> they went all out at the dead end. There's this wall. They spelled joy and all this other stuff, and they had the, 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 the inflatable stuff with the propellers that spun, and Snoopy was out there, and all kinds of characters, and we're like, wow, these guys got it going on. Then we got to our street, and my boring house, just over the garage, as you go down my street, you run right into my house. There's a curve, and my house is right there, and we got these snowflakes that blink, and that's about it. And so my neighbor has a giant Santa. And so we we love this stuff. We're drawn to it. But the thing is, in life, we also look to other sources of light. The problem is they're not the source, and they'll let you down. They're not infinite, the way Jesus says He is. And so we're going to get into this, John chapter 1. And I'm going to try to make this really quick. we got a lot going on today. uh, So I'm not going to try to uh, impress you with all this. But I do hope that we'll walk away with something profound, even in the simplicity of what John is saying here in the Bible. Because I think we can all agree that we live in a dark world. Right? I don't know about you, but the last two and a half years, I mean, we already live in a dark world. Well, that was not a typical darkness. That was was something different. So here we are on the other side. But light illuminates and it reveals. We live in a dark world. As a matter of fact, some of us might be sitting here today, whether you know God or not, it might be pretty dark for you right now. For some of you that do know God, and, and, and maybe you're praying and, and hoping and wondering. And maybe there's some dark areas in your life. I'm hoping that we can tap into something to help us get through that. So I'm going to be in John chapter 1, verse 9 through 13. You could either uh, read along with me or if you don't have something to read with, you could look on the screen. We're going to put the verses up there. And here's what it says. Father, we, as always, thank you for, uh, Lord, your word, your incredible word, your word that is already anointed with or without man. Lord, I just ask you to, uh, Lord, as, as you do, Holy Spirit, illuminate your word for us. Even as we're talking about Jesus as the light, I pray that we would glean so much uh, from this uh, simple word that we're going to get into today. Um, But, Lord, I pray that it would impact us so much that we walk away with it and that it impacts our life, uh, Lord, from this day forward. And that this Christmas season would not be uh, just like any other. Father, I pray that this would be something different, starting with us, Lord, so that we can, in turn, bring light to the rest of the world. If you agree with me, say amen. So the five verses we just read, we're going to divide into three parts. I'm going to try to do this very simple. Again, on the service it's going to be simple. Hopefully, you come away with something a lot of parts. The light revealed, the light rejected, and the light received. The light revealed, the light rejected, and the light received. So going back to verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. It's not that... This light being the true light. We're going to focus on this word a little bit. It's not that this light is brighter than other lights. That's not the point, although it is. But it's the light, as we mentioned in the beginning, that allows us to see everything else. You know, I've been driving cars for quite a while. And a few years ago, they had halogen light bulbs. And they kind of have a warm yellow tinge to it. And as you're driving, you can flip your brights. How many drivers? You know what I'm talking about. You can flip your brights and it kind of goes higher and allows you to see further. But then they came out with these HID and and these high powered headlights and, and that changed everything. And so Uh, My Durango has halogens, but I went and got the fake HIDs that look kind of that bright white color. But even then, it has improved the vision so much. So when John is talking about the true light here, he's not talking about something that's just brighter. But he's talking about something that's divine. Because as we come here, we are looking for answers. As we live in this dark world, we're looking for things to, to hang on to. And part of the problem is that we can't navigate because we don't have the right source in the first place. If you would get the right source in the first place, it's easier to see. It's easier to understand. And this source of light has the ability to give you answers in life and also in the future as well as eternity. This is the light source that we're talking about. It's the light source that we need to have our that we need to have our deepest needs met. So the word true in the original language is the word "alephanos," which is used 28 times in the New Testament, 23 times in this book alone. How many of you think John was trying to give us a clue? He was trying to zone into something. Why would he emphasize true? I believe John was acknowledging that there are so many other lights out there that we rely on. How many of you have ever gotten excited over a fortune cookie fortune? Don't lie. Uh Uh-huh. We read it like, ooh. Uh Uh-huh, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, oh, uh, you are going to come into a small fortune this week. And you're like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) And you're walking and you're praying over that that fortune cookie. Right? Right? Now, now, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's fun. I think it's okay to, to, to have those things. And maybe God does speak to a fortune cookie. I'm not saying that he doesn't. Okay, so keep your fortunes. But then there are other things like horoscopes. And that's pretty shiny. That's pretty bright. Then you got things like tarot cards. It's getting a little bit more serious, isn't it? Then you got fortune tellers, and then you got all these other things that are sources of light. And God is saying, please be careful with what you follow. Because it'll only take you so far. Not only will it take you so far, it'll deceive you. So we're talking about the true light. True means real, it means authentic, it means genuine, it also means ultimate. How many of you had cheap parents growing up? If your parents are in the room, be careful. Okay, if you have a good relationship, it's okay. How many had cheap parents growing up? Okay, a more personal question. How many of you are cheap parents right now? Me. I am. My dad was the king of knockoff brands. And we used to get government-issued food. It didn't even have color. It was a white box with black text on it. We called it government cheese and cereal. And, and so that rubbed off on me. And so my kids give me a hard time because I'm the dad that opens my app and says, oh, we're going to Burger King. Hold on, let me check for coupons. Right? And so, you know, with the pandemic and the inflation and high gas prices, and supply chain. Everything's a lot more expensive. And so I began doing something I haven't done in a while, and that's buying the cheap cereal, the knockoff cereal. We love cereal. My family literally eats cereal every single day. If we got into a bind and the world was about to end, my kids would survive off cereal. We'd be the last ones alive on this earth. We'd go through all your cupboards and go, just get the cereal. And so... I'm going to do this little quiz and see how, how cheap you really are. Because, you know, Walmart has the great value brand, right? And then Kroger has their brand. But it's the same stuff, right? Well, some of y'all didn't answer. Y'all are like, mm. right? Okay, what cereal, what is the main cereal of Marshmallow Matey's? Man, y'all got money, man. Y'all buy the real stuff. Lucky Charms. Who said that? Johnny. Dr. Johnny. Come on, give him a hand. All right. (laughs) All right, how about this one? I'll I'll make it easier. Fruity Dino Bites. Fruity Pebbles. Right? Okay, I got a few more. Colossal Crunch. Mm-hmm. Tutti Fruities. Fruit Loops. Uh, Fruit... Wait, Fruit Loops, yes. Oh yeah, Fruity Dino Bites was Fruity Pebbles. That's right. Yes, Fruit Loops. Um, let's do uh, one more. Um, oh, Toasted Rice. Yeah, but it's the same. It's the same stuff. When when my kids were small, Zion is our taste tester. He likes nothing. He likes no artificial sweeteners. He likes. I mean. You know, we kind of got into this vegan thing, and we would buy food, and we would not say anything. And we'd taste it, we were like, oh, yeah, no, this is all right. You know, I I think you'll like this. And then Zion will sit at the table, and he'll go, where'd you get this? And we'll go, why? And he'll go, something's not right. And so he could pick things out. So I would buy these cereals, and he'd be like, Dad, stop. No more fruity Dino Bites, okay. No more marshmallow mateys. Not, no more of that. And so, you know. And so, and I would say, you know, it's the, it's the same. It's close, right? And he'd say, it's just not the same. So when we're looking for something to follow and base our life on, be careful what it is. Amen. The light revealed. Um. Let's talk about the light rejected a little bit. Verse 11 says, he came to his own. Uh, just heads up, media team. I'm going to stick with just our main, our main text. And we'll just break these down. He came to his own, verse 11, and his own people did not receive him. How many have ever watched Undercover Boss? Right? And they put the makeup, they put the, the fake hair, and they really do the person up. And then they go into their own business acting like a worker who just got hired, and they're right in the middle of everything, and they get to talk to the workers firsthand, and the workers don't hold back. Man, this is a rough place to work. Our manager stinks. We're not appreciated. Sometimes we don't get paid on time. And the the boss is going, you know, wow. But then he'll come across a gem of a person. And they'll be like, you know what? They're so humble, right? Right? It doesn't matter. I just want to serve people all my life. And he's going, wow, what an incredible employee, right? And so the best part for me of the whole show is the one worker who was terrible. It's just so satisfying to see them. <laughs> you know, and so there's, there's an episode where this guy just didn't care. He's like, you know what, I'm after, my, I'm after myself. I'm looking after myself, and he was supposed to be training the boss, and the boss would come back a few days later and say, hey, uh, can, can you show me this again? He'd be like, you know what? You were already trained. Figured out yourself. And I mean, that kind of stuff, right? I love it. When they come back in, and they think it's going to be a meeting, and the boss goes, and the worker goes. I've seen episodes, uh, maybe maybe eight episodes where the owner said, I, "I don't want you working at my company, you may leave." And so I'm thinking, if I was one of the bosses and I owned this company, oh man, I would oh, I would love to get my revenge on those that's a uh, worker like that, right? And it's like Jesus is in the same situation, except instead of punishing. The people who have no idea who he is—it's like he lays his life down for them. That's what we're talking about. The light rejected. I'll tell you one other story before we get to our next point. Um, when I was in when I was younger, uh, I was a shy kid. I didn't I didn't talk a lot. I was I was not confident. Uh, We were living in Cheyenne, Wyoming. You might be wondering, how did you get over there? My dad was in the Air Force. We were stationed at Warren Air Force Base. And I had to go to kindergarten. It was my first time going to school. But I had my sister. She was in fifth grade. And so I got on the bus with her. I was okay. I I, I think I could survive as long as my sister's there. Well, we get to school. The bus was late that day. Um, My sister walks me to class. By the time I get to class, all the other kids had introduced themselves to each other. The teacher had a buddy system worked out where kids had a buddy and they would, you know, um, work with each other. And then they would remind each other if, like, say they were playing at recess and and the teacher calls and the other one didn't hear, the buddy would say, hey, time to go, right? And so this was all set up. By the time I get there, I'm late. I'm in my first day of kindergarten. And so in class, it's all good. We're all doing work, we're all doing activities. But then it came time for recess. And I could remember uh, going outside the door, and all the kids were running with their buddies. And my teacher, not realizing that I didn't have a buddy, I walk out the door. And all the kids run out to the playground, and she shuts the door. And I remember just being by myself. And for the first five minutes, I was okay. But after that, I remember turning towards the the windows, the wall, and I remember crying. How many know it's an awful feeling to not feel included? It's an awful feeling to feel rejected. None of those kids came back to check on me. Nobody said, hey, we'll have a three-buddy system. That didn't happen. And by the time recess ended, I remember wiping my eyes and acting like nothing nothing had ever happened. And so when it talks about the true light came and that he came to his own people and that they didn't know him and that they rejected him, that's an awful feeling. But you know why Jesus did that? So that you wouldn't have to feel it. He gave his life so that you wouldn't be rejected. He gave he gave his life. So that we can all be included. Let's try to bring this home here. The light rejected. You know, there could be a lot of reasons why we might reject Jesus. You know, it could be, you know, our own sin. It could be our own pride. It could be a straight-up rejection. You know, when it talks about, um, you know, there's a verse in Isaiah uh, it's it's a prophecy of what John is talking about, and again, John is just so masterful. He'll take words from the Old Testament and bring it into the New Testament. I mean, to start off with John one one, in the beginning, all the smart Jewish scholars were going, "God created." And he's going, "No, no, 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 no." In the beginning was the Word. He had their attention, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How many know? He's got your attention already, and people are going, "What is this guy?" talking about and just from that statement you have to begin to choose is this legit or not and when Jesus shows up it's the same who do you say that he is who do you say that he is we have to make that that decision and it's a question a lot of times of our will will you choose him or will you not if we ended the story right there it would be kind of depressing Right, Jesus was rejected. Jesus came to his own and they knew him not and they acted like they didn't know him. But how many know that bad news makes good news that much more powerful? The other day Vilm came in and we had overlooked something and you know it's Christmas and so we're wanted to go all out on, you know, on gifts and for our kids and and, and people that we know and and so, uh, so Vilm said, she came into the room, I was still sleeping, and she said, okay, do you want the bad news first or the good news? And I was like, oh, come on. And of course I said bad news, and she, she gave me the bad news. Anyway, I was like, man, I thought, I thought we had a little more, we had overlooked something, so we had to take care of that. But, you know, all in all, she said, now, do you want the good news? And I said, please, give me some good news, and the good news was that much better. And so let's end with some good news. In verse 12 and 13 of John, it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, to close out, I want to end on two words. Receive and believe. Two words that aren't synonymous with each other but can be used synonymously. It means that if, you're, if you truly believe in him, then there's really no holding back. That you will pledge your allegiance to him without reservation. It demands a response from you and I. It's acknowledging that Christ came to us as a gift that is a package deal. Because we all love cute baby Jesus on Christmas, but we have a problem with King Jesus. Because baby Jesus doesn't ask for very much. He was the gift. The incarnate deity of God himself in human form. And we want the salvation. We want, we want heaven. We all like that part. We don't want to leave earth without that ticket, but while on earth, King Jesus, who does have some demands, that's the part that we have issues with. Ezekiel, you can come up. If I can sum this message up, what is the purpose of the incarnation, now I want you to understand how giving this gift that we call Jesus really is. The purpose of the incarnation was really our salvation. Jesus came to save the world, to bring us light, to give us hope. But it's more than just salvation. He wanted to do more than just save you. He wanted you to live a prosperous life, meaning I will be the light, and if you will follow me, I got you. Just follow. Just trust me. This light source will not let you down. That's what Jesus is saying and what he's offering. So more than just salvation, we have this incredible thing called relationship in which we become a part of a family that we do not deserve. And so Jesus says in his word, if we go back, but to all who did receive him, he, uh, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That word right, if you were to translate that word, you know what it means? It means authority and freedom. He gives you the right, the authority and the freedom to be in that family. You know, my kids, they have instant access to me. Nobody else does. Nobody else in here, I love you. You know what, I answer your calls. I text you when I can because I love you like that. But as much as I love you, you don't have the same access as my kids do because they're my kids. And God is saying here that we have the right and the freedom and authority to call him Father. That puts us in a place. You talk about an advantage, talk about knowing somebody to get somewhere. That's God, that's what he does for us. And then the package, the gift, the present gets even better. It's not just about your salvation, it's not just about being children of God. Now we get these other relationships that shouldn't make sense and shouldn't work. You know, Sunday is one of the most segregated days in America. You go to different churches and you get one flavor of people. And that's all fine if that's, if that's what it takes. Look, you go, you get your worship on, you you love God, you make sure he gets your, your glory and your worship. And that's all Good but I feel like God's package is designed to be better than that. And so to have relationships and lifelong friends and people that that I shouldn't have with, people who maybe don't look like me, who maybe don't act like me or think like me, or wear the cool shoes my, my kids buy me on Christmas, I can't wait to see what I get this Christmas. If you haven't noticed, this church was sent out from a church in Hawaii. And so a lot of us do look the same. We're, we're islanders now, I'm not from Hawaii. I came from Guam, and that's not my home home. It's just where I spent most of my life. But we are fighting very hard to make this a place that God says, "See, it works." It works. And so that's why we say that we are mission-driven. Engage the lost. Establish people in faith. Equip them for basic ministry. We should know how to lead somebody to the Lord. We should know how to pray for somebody. And then empower you to be the disciple that God called you to be and to make other disciples. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a you know, so many years under your belt in church as a leader. No. But our, is to be mission-driven, multi-ethnic. Say multi-ethnic. Isn't that a beautiful, that's challenging, but it's beautiful. And multi-generational, meaning, you know what, we're going to disciple your kids. Thank God for our teachers. Thank God for all those who have that, that, that vision. So this is the, God wants to build this, this church <laughs> into that. And so I want to say thank you because you know, it hasn't been easy. I'll, I'll be honest, it hasn't. And, but I feel like God is, is, is doing something. So this is the message of Christmas, is that nobody is left out. That everybody is included. Because that's how good God is. And that's how much He gives. And so isn't God an amazing giver? I mean, I mean, the gifts He gives are the best and so I'll pray for you after this. Let's let the uh, music team uh, minister this song to us and then I'll be right back.
1: with peace.
2: i You're the best part
0: bow your heads Father we thank you for the gift that you give for all that you offer that shouldn't be that doesn't make sense God you're so generous Lord you think so much bigger than we do you think so much higher than we do I can't think of a better situation relationally than to think about you inviting me into your family. To be called a child of God. What a setup. That you would come to this earth as a light, to light the way. So I want to pray for those of you, I just, we always want to give opportunity. In okay, case so there's somebody here who you don't know God, or maybe there's somebody here who you once knew God, and maybe you once walked close to Him, and really, if your relationship and your heart is not right with God, this is—I believe this is the day. I just pray God your grace to allow us to respond today. So that's going to be my first prayer. If you're here. And you just really want to say, God, I'm not far from you and I don't want to be anymore. Bring me back in. If that's you, would you raise your hand? We're going to pray all together for you. Is that anybody here? Okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For that one that raised their hand, can you pray with me? Can we all pray out loud and say, Jesus, we thank you. We're so grateful for your gift of life, for your generous love that was obedient even to death. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life. Cleanse me with your blood. Change me and make me a new person. Give me the grace to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Now, one other prayer because we know that uh, we were just talking about the Christmas crunch this morning and we came in and things didn't go right for me exactly and I I, I came in late. So with a lot going on, maybe it's not just that. Maybe Maybe it's something more but if you're here and you're going through a tough time, maybe a, maybe a dark moment in your life. If that's you, we just want to stand together with you and pray with you. Is that anybody here? And Would you raise your hand if you, okay, God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Yeah, can we stand to our feet? We're going to dismiss here in just a second. mean to make you feel uncomfortable you don't have to do this but for those of you who are comfortable would you raise your hands to Jesus Father I just pray for our church Lord and thank you for everything that you've got planned And Lord we know that you're a God who is always moving and you're always doing new things and Lord you're always Lord you're you're moving your kingdom forward Lord, whatever that means, we want to be a part of that. But Father, at the same time, I pray that you meet us right where we're at today in life. Whatever that means. And just in your heart and under your breath, just begin to tell Jesus what's going on. It's not like he doesn't know. Just begin to ask him for help. And ask him to step into your mess as we heard Pastor Matt say last week because Jesus is comfortable with that. I don't know about you. I've been in some messes. Some I created myself. I can be good at that sometimes. And then some are of no fault of your own. And for those of you who are in in a dark place, Father, I just pray for those who need you right now, who need your light, for those who are standing in for somebody who's sick. Father, for those who are standing in for somebody who needs healing. Father, standing in for somebody who is distraught, who's anxious, and and it's hard for them to even look towards the next day. Father, we stand in for them, and Lord, we just intercede Lord, we stand between them and you. And Lord, we say, God, meet them. Be with them. And then for the rest of us here, Father, we declare you are the light. And we declare that we need you. Father, light the way for us. Not just this Christmas season, but for the rest of our walk as we, as we run after you. As we run our race. As we live out this faith. Lord, as you bring us. Uh, to to different levels, faith to faith and to glory to glory. Father, I thank you. Lord, your light source does not burn out. It does not give way. And Lord, the darkness cannot overcome it, as you also declared in John. Father, we say this is the light that is in our life. This is the light that we hang on to. This is the light that we follow. This is the light that we choose to represent. And I pray, Father, that is something that we can't hide this Christmas season our neighbors will see it this Christmas season our co-workers will see it our families will see it all the people that we've been praying for for years Father we declare they will see it Lord begin to bring them into your kingdom Father we love you and we declare your goodness and your faithfulness over this church over every person who calls this church home to every visitor who showed up today may you be blessed oh God and may you be pleased with us we love you In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Say happy birthday, Jesus. Say, Jesus, we love you. Say, there's nobody
2: like you. Amen.